it's easy to look at this week's readings and see them as simply a commentary on the past. But when we apply them to ourselves and to our own calling, they mean so much more. We are called to be the hands and feet of Christ on earth, but it won't be easy. Even Jesus was rejected. So we need to start from a foundation of love and then carry on, trusting that the Lord has our back. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle C. Our first reading is from the prophet Jeremiah. It's chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and 17 through 19. Our second reading is from the first letter to the Corinthians. It's chapter 13, verses 4 through 13. And our gospel reading is from Luke. It's chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. Now, just a couple things to note. First, we do have scriptures from both the Old and New Testaments. Jeremiah is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the first letter to the Corinthians is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. Tonight we'll see that the Lord has your back, love never fails, and even Jesus got the boot. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. As I said, our first reading is from Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, Whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, for I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Our second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, 
they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And our gospel reading is from Luke. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what you have what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Jeremiah. And this passage, uh, taken from the first chapter of the book, tells the story of Jeremiah's call to become a prophet. Uh, Jeremiah says the Lord knew him before he was formed in his mother's womb. And even before he was born, he had been selected to be the Lord's prophet. So selection, destiny, or a calling, whatever word you want to use, God told Jeremiah this task was his. But he also reassured Jeremiah and encouraged him. If Jeremiah uh, said to the people, whatever the Lord commanded him to say, then he didn't have any reason to be afraid. Now, the Lord uses all sorts of imagery to make Jeremiah feel capable and strong. He said, Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land. Of course, he, he, he then goes on to say that the kings of Judah, the officials, the priests, and, and even the people themselves will fight against Jeremiah. So he'll need to be a, be strong, right? <laughs> like a fortified city. 
the reading ends with God assuring Jeremiah, they will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you. It seems to speak to sort of an intimate relationship with the Lord, a relationship that began before Jeremiah was even formed in his mother's womb. And when we read this passage today, it should help us see that we have a similar calling. By our baptism, we're called to share the Word of God with the world, even though they might not listen, even though they might fight against it, figuratively or literally. The, the thought of doing this should intimidate or scare us, but it, but it doesn't because our calling isn't the only similarity we should recognize. Right? Just like Jeremiah, we also have an intimate relationship with God. And because of this close relationship, we shouldn't fear those who, who might want to attack us when we proclaim God's word. God knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. And ultimately, when we're doing what God has called us to do, we should remember these words. I am with you and will rescue you. But the main message I got from our first reading is that being a prophet isn't easy. Prophets point out where people and institutions are straying from God's word. Uh, unfortunately, those people in, in institutions don't usually realize they've strayed. In fact, they, they usually think they're the ones on the right track. You know, they've creatively justified everything in their own minds, so th they will not be open to someone saying they're wrong, which is why being a prophet is not easy. All right, our second reading was from the first letter uh, from St. Paul to the Corinthians, and this is a, it's a beautiful reading celebrating love as the ideal gift from God. And it's the gift we should strive for more than any others. Now, when, when Paul rattles off this plethora of adjectives that describe love, it can start to seem almost unattainable, especially when you think about you know, all of our human faults and failings. But then we're told love never fails. Prophecies will eventually cease. Knowledge will eventually pass away. St. Paul says these things just aren't complete, so they'll disappear. But love, love is complete. So love is what will remain after everything else is gone. I, I think this is one of the best-known readings attributed to St. Paul because it's a message that's applicable to everyone. No matter what gifts and talents you have, no, no matter what part you play in the body of Christ, love should be at the center. Love, love should be at the heart of our ministry, no matter, no matter what that calling happens to be. If St. Paul is right, then love will enhance every other gift. Because even the most awesome gifts, <laughs> gifts like prophecy and knowledge, end up being nothing without love. So the main message I got from our second reading 
is that love should be the foundation for everything we do. St. Paul says that three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. And, and they're all important for us as Christians. We need to have the faith to answer the Lord's call. We, we need to maintain hope through even the most difficult times. But Paul says love is the greatest of these things. So love should be the foundation for everything we do. And finally, our gospel reading was from Luke. And in today's gospel reading, Jesus doesn't exactly get a warm reception right, when, when he went home to teach. You probably noticed that today's reading begins with the last verse, verse from last week's gospel. But the feeling of it has, it's a lot different. So last week, we ended with the promise that Jesus had come to fulfill the prophecies from Isaiah. This week, we begin with that promise, and it seems okay at first. Right? All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words. But then someone says, hey, wait a minute, isn't that Joe's kid? Well, actually, the scripture says, they asked isn't this Joseph's son? You know, obviously they didn't all ask the question in unison, like some cheesy sitcom, right? This, so this seems to indicate that someone probably asked the question, and then someone else did, right? It, yeah, that's right. He's Joe and Mary's kid, right? And, and you can imagine the question spreading and the crowd's overall reaction to Jesus changes kind of quickly. So what does Jesus do? Does he prove to them that he's something special? Does he heal someone or work some other miracle? And does he wow them with his knowledge and wisdom? Nope, not at all. In fact, he suggests that the people in Capernaum, uh, the people his audience probably thought of as non-believers, he suggested that they're more faithful than the folks in his hometown. He uses his knowledge of Scripture to point out how many of the great prophets prophesied somewhere other than their hometowns. As Jesus said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. So they drove him out of the synagogue and were apparently going to throw him off a cliff. I mean, he was he was just the son of Joseph, right? A local carpenter. Who, who was he to claim that the scriptures were fulfilled through him? Obviously, we know this wouldn't be the last time Jesus was rejected by the people. But the main message I got from our gospel reading is that Jesus was rejected by people who knew him. Over the years, as I've tried to answer my call to ministry, I have I've faced plenty of rejection. There, there have been so many times when I've tried to get through to someone, try, tried to share the gospel message, and failed. Now, it's, it's easy to think, I can't do this. I'm not like Jesus, able to teach thousands of people at once, or, or, or even change hearts and minds one person at a time. But at times like that, I need to remember that even Jesus was rejected by people who knew him. All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Jeremiah, the main message I came away with was being a prophet 
isn't easy. In our second reading from 1 Corinthians, the main message I got was, love should be the foundation for everything we do. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was, Jesus was rejected by people who knew him. It's easy to look at this week's readings and see them as simply a commentary on the past. It was tough being a prophet, but if love was the foundation of their ministry, then the Lord was on their side. Even then, though, rejection was possible because it happened to Jesus in his hometown. But when we apply these readings and messages to ourselves and to our own calling, I think they mean so much more. We are called to be the hands and feet of Christ on earth, to to carry on his ministry, but it's not going to be easy. Even Jesus himself was rejected, so we need to start from a foundation of love and then carry on through good times and bad, trusting that the Lord has our back. All right, so let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and we'll ask ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what and now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care because it's too easy to get discouraged. There's so much anger and divisiveness in the world today, even or maybe especially within the church. How can we possibly share the good news when hateful, hurtful people just shout us down? And the problems we face are so huge and widespread, it can just be become overwhelming. Right? I'm not Jesus. I, I can't give the modern-day equivalent of the Sermon on the Mount, getting thousands of people to hear my words and believe in the Lord because of them. There are influencers online who have millions of people watching and sharing their videos, most of which have either no message or a terrible message. But I do weekly webinars, podcasts, blog posts. I I send out several newsletters every week, and I have trouble reaching dozens of people. Not millions, dozens. When a message of love, salvation, and redemption just doesn't seem to appeal to the average person today, it's tempting to turn out the lights, lock the door, and simply walk away. At times like that, it's important to remember that being a prophet isn't easy, that even Jesus got rejected, but that love will prevail in the end. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? Okay, what are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, sometimes this whole giving up thing can sneak up on you. In fact, sometimes we can give up and not even realize that we have. It's dangerous because we haven't made a conscious decision to not respond to God's call. We've just slowly given up and headed in a different direction but we can't change course if we don't know we're on the wrong path. So with that in mind, here's your real question for the week. In what ways have you given up on answering God's call? Now, This isn't about giving up completely. That's not what I'm talking about. And it's not about whether or not you've turned away from the Lord either. 
the fact that you're listening right now means you, you haven't given up completely and you, you certainly haven't turned away from the Lord. But we all get beaten down over time. We try and try and try something. And when the results continue to be bad or even lackluster, we do them less and less. We try less and less. And eventually, we can just stop trying. Get too many of those situations, and it becomes really hard to say we're still answering our baptismal call. So spend a little time answering the question, thinking about the question. In what ways have you given up on answering God's call? Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're thinking about those areas where you may have given up trying to answer your baptismal call, remember what St. Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. The seeds we plant will take time to grow, but if we start from a foundation of love and we persevere, there will be a harvest someday. All right, we have come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I really do encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.